What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kev. It's the second week in a row that we've gotten the least special. Could this be a trend? We're going to break it all down. Let's go! <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to lean with me. Ah, uh, you know, it's just collective <laughs> efforts here. Everything's a team. Yeah, yeah. Um, no Josh thus far. We shall see if he shows up. I know we talked last week about how they were supposed to go on the trip. I know they didn't go on the trip. He was at the game this weekend. Not sure how he's feeling. Um, so he may bounce in here. We'll see. Kev, what's going on with you? Nothing much. Just getting back in the swing of things. Uh, had a pretty good weekend. I think the weather is kind of peaking right now in, in Knoxville. I mean, so we're, last night, uh, Riley and I live near a park that we can kind of walk to. Um, very fortunate. And like, we'll just, we'll just like take a, you know, like a little sandwich and some chips over and just sit on a bench and just kind of appreciate the the evening. I mean, yesterday it was like 72 and breezy, no humidity, and we're just just sitting and uh, yeah, eating a sandwich. So you guys, great. you guys are the old couple from Up. You know that, right? Like, yeah, it's great. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I like. Uh, oh. So yeah, no, doing doing good. Had a good weekend. How about you? Uh, not bad. I saw, I I saw a video of you uh, cutting down a tree. Yeah, so we, um, uh, this weekend, it wasn't meant to be like a ton of yard work or anything like that, but we had stuff we had to get done and it was like supposed to rain off and on. And so finally Sunday morning I got up and I said, heck with it. We had, we got a bunch of mulch. So I, I moved some mulch around and then there's this tree that's, it's an ornamental pear tree, which is an invasive species, which you're like, how can trees be invasive? Basically, they produce fruit. They're not from here locally. Then they produce fruit. Birds eat the fruit, drop the seeds, and then the trees like smother out other trees from growing. So it was here when we moved in. Decided to chop. We let it flower out so that the, the bees could get the flowers. And then once the flowers dropped off before it could turn into fruit, chopped it down. Um, and it went pretty. I was shocked. Like we had the whole thing cleared in like two hours. But it was awesome because, I, you know, we never grew up like splitting firewood. Like we're not like manly men like that. Nope. Right. And I am so, not a manly man. <laughs> no. And so you just talked about eating your sandwiches in the park. So, um, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I've had logs in the past that I've tried to split with an ax, but without like a solid surface to put it on, it's just comical. Like, it's like, you're trying to hammer a log into mud. Like it just doesn't work. Right. And so now that I have this stump, I was like, Oh, I'll give this a try and just see it was like cutting butter. Like for a while I was like, I'm just not strong enough to split wood. Like that's just what it is. And this, I could like sneeze and the whole thing was like, Whoosh! so nice. now I, now I feel like any chance I get to go out and split wood, I'm like, yeah, let's go do this. Like, you know, <laughs> gives me some bravado. I feel good about myself. So, uh, so yeah, that, that went well. Um, but yeah, otherwise we, we were just sort of here hanging out, trying to get some stuff done. I saw, I, I don't know how much coverage you saw, but Knoxville's team in, was it League Two, had their kickoff, looked like a pretty big crowd. Is there like a buzz in town about the team? There is, yeah. I mean, even Riley is like, hey, like we should like go to the one that like, because I guess because they don't have, hey, hey, Josh, what's up? Nothing, uh, nothing, nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> um, because Knoxville, I guess, doesn't have a set um, home location yet. They're bouncing around from like high school to high school kind of thing. And so 
they'll be playing a game closer to where we live. Um, the, their, their opener was pretty far away, actually, from where we are. But no, I mean, I got a random email from like some random dude at Oak Ridge. It was like a blast email at Oak Ridge. Like, hey, do you like soccer? Do you want to come to the game? And like, so no, I think there's a, a pretty good, you know, pretty good spirit for the Knoxville team. So we'll see how it goes. So are we starting a uh, a Knox no. podcast? Nope. No, no, okay. no. no. <laughs> you don't care that much. Yeah. No, I uh, don't have the time. I, although it would be funny uh, if it was just like me and Riley, just like you know, bickering about <laughs> stuff. in the park eating your sandwiches, talking exactly. about Knoxville Soccer Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Josh, how you feeling? Much better, much better. Was able to go to the game. Ended up not going to Boston because I wasn't feeling good. But then by the time the game rolled around, I was feeling great. So end up going, uh, yeah, and glad I did. You sound a little nasally. You still just a like getting over it, yeah? Yeah, like I don't feel congested, but yeah, a little bit. Are you are you up for a uh, victory, victory beverage? You don't have it? <laughs> I don't have it. I literally, like, I was downstairs. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we actually, uh, since... We didn't end up going to Boston, but we still have the days off. So Liz and I have been like just chilling. It's like, cool, we have today and tomorrow off as well. So went to the mall, went to the Lego store, got some cool sets, was building those, uh, got her like, uh, there's like a flower set that looks like a bouquet of flowers and then yeah. got a uh, Imperial droid as well. So was oh, yeah, yeah. doing that, just kind of chilling, started reading a book and then I <laughs> hear Slack. I was like, wow, what's that? Oh, son of a... <laughs> Ran upstairs. Where is the closest Lego store? Oh, wait. Oh, hey, Liz. There we go. Oh. There <laughs> we go. Nice. You know what? Is this, <laughs> this this feels like... Was Liz watching and she realized that she like ran it up? Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's usually what happens. We made it, man. That's... Uh... I know. <laughs> That's awesome. It's the sign of a successful podcast. That's right. <laughs> I was going to ask you, where is the nearest Lego? Like, where is the nearest, is the Lego, nearest store? Lego store? There it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, on McKnight Road, the mall. Uh, oh, okay. Is that Ross Park? Yeah, Ross Park Mall. Mall. They have a Lego store in there. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, if you're fans of the pod, if you want to catch Josh out in the wild, <laughs> you now know the Lego store that he frequents. That's literally my first time being in that store. I've seen it <laughs> twice, and both times Liz's like, we're not going in there. I was like, yeah, that's, that's probably smart. That's probably smart. Have you seen all the memes of, like, you could tell that, you know, you're a real parent where, like, you're approaching the Lego store with the kid, and you just, like, pick up the kid and run past so the kid see what you're running past? Yeah. You're not going to believe this, but I don't see very many parent memes uh, yeah. <laughs> in my traversing <laughs> of the internet. So, yeah. uh, no, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind. I, di- I didn't realize we had one near us. I've only just been... There was one in New York we went to, and I think it was in one out in Anaheim. Mm. Um, we'll have to check it out for sure. It's a dangerous store. It's a very dangerous <laughs> store. It's like all the cool nostalgia stuff is like hundreds of dollars. You're like, oh, oh. yeah. A Millennium Falcon, that looks cool. Death Star, that looks cool. <laughs> yeah. No, we when we were supposed to go to Disney, they're supposed to have a big store down there. And we told the kids, we were like, we will go look, but you're not buying it. Like anything you want, we could get like online for probably half the half the price. Like we'll scope it. Unless there's something like novelty that you can only get there. But yeah. Um, Lego, man. We need like a Lego Riverhound set. That would be cool. 
they have Highmark Stadium. Like you can build yeah, your own. I think Highmark someone actually cool. made a Highmark Stadium one. I remember in our Discord, someone was posting about it where they like had modeled Highmark Stadium themselves, and like you can kind of order like custom kits. That's awesome. I know you can get at like they sell like as a set at Old Trafford, and I think they have the Camp Now or Camp mm-hmm. Go, however you say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well. I guess, Josh, you cracked the victory beverage, so I guess we should talk about the victory. <laughs> um, so the Hounds beat El Paso, one nothing. That's sort of like high level. We got a goal from Russell Cicerone in the 46th minute, which, thank goodness, um, he was really close to getting a few more, but you could tell he's been pushing for at least the past few weeks uh, to really try to get one. So I was glad that it was him on the end of that one and the way that he buried it. Guys, lots of takeaways from this one. Kev, why don't you, uh, why don't you start us off here? Give us a takeaway. I mean, I'd say, I, I mean, I was impressed by El Paso. Um, this was a this was a difficult game in the stretch of the season that we knew was going to be difficult. And uh, I mean, yeah, what what else can you say with an ending that we get? I mean, you know, it's Cicerone comes out strong in in, in the second half, and then it, honestly, it felt like in in the second half in particular. It, felt to me pretty even um we created some chances they created some chances El Paso are a good team we're a good team um and then yeah just at the end I felt like it was it was gone right they got the penalty and uh and Silva makes this case for why I should have an opinion on what goalkeeper (laughs) (laughs) we we should have and uh and yeah, it's kind of the the hero of the match, and 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 not just the penalty either, but um, and uh, and a few other saves and kind of commanding moments that he had as well. So, um, no, just a really good a really good result after the back of some shaky you know performances in in the past couple games, and it's going to be needed to to continue <clears throat> as we have some tough ones coming up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to put it in context, El Paso, even after we we keep them to no goals they are still the team with the most goals in the league with 24 um so like to, to hold them to to no goals is a pretty tall feat especially considering the pk at the end i feel like we kind of have to talk about silva but first josh did you have a have a takeaway here um so i remember we were talking about the last game and how it felt like this Something was a little bit off. It felt weird. It felt like, you know, like so many opportunities couldn't connect. And like, I feel like we should, I should feel the same way about this game. But honestly, I thought they looked good. The Riverhounds looked good. Like, yes, the chances didn't all go in. And like, it would have been great if we had, you know, buried some of those opportunities. Um, But I never once, obviously until the PK, I never once really felt like we were, you know, the losing team are we we didn't deserve the win like we did what we needed to do the pk was bs but anyway uh <laughs> it, it it never felt all that bad um as far as like us dominating that game and oh, they're a good team el paso's a great team we talked about how many goals they've scored and i i know they had shots on target i know it was almost even on shots on target if i remember right but mm-hmm. it still didn't feel like they had that many great chances. Like I, I never remember thinking like, "Oh man, we're on the verge here." Uh, so yeah, maybe the very end where it felt like they were attacking more than we were, and that felt uncomfortable. But 
overall, I was fine. Yeah, it definitely didn't feel like, you know, the Birmingham game where we sort of get the first goal and you could just sort of feel that even though we had whatever, however many chances, I think we said that game could have ended for nothing. Um, it's you still always felt like Birmingham was going to get one. I never felt like El Paso was going to get one. And even the PK, it was like, ugh, they were just gifted one. And, and you know, here we go. Josh, you clearly felt that the PK shouldn't have been a PK. Kev, how do you feel about that that PK call? I, 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 someone else talk about it. I forget. I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm going to go All back right, and so, watch it now. So basically what happened was, um, and, and part of the reason why I think we should talk about Silva is he gets the clean sheet. But I distinctly remember there was a keeper a few years back, and it might have been Morton. I don't think it was Morton, though. There was somebody who was always off his line. And every time he'd be like, oh, please, just like stay in the net. Like, please, stop. Like, And there were a couple of times that in this game, where Silva was rushing out when he didn't necessarily need to rush out and, (laughs) and just, you know, causing us all to have heart palpitations. And this was a case where, you know, he, he comes out probably didn't need to come out to play the ball. And he like swings at the ball and the player heads the ball before he gets there. And his follow through sort of smacks the player, like open handed Will Smith smacks the player in the head. And so the ref, calls a pen and uh and you know luckily for him he was able to to save it and make up for that mistake but kev now that you've gone back and watched it what are your refresh my memory yeah no i I remember at first watch i was like that's ridiculous like that's that's not a pen what are you talking about like it would just and then i watched it back again i was like oh yeah he didn't he didn't even uh he didn't sorry i'm distracted by liz's comment (laughs) (laughs) Liz was calling you out for the, I'm going to go yeah. watch it now, which is just yeah. classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's been time since I watched it live and since now. Um, yeah, no. And then I, like they showed the replay and, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he didn't get anywhere near it. And he made contact with it. And even then you can kind of go back on it. Like it wasn't like, you know, he came out hundred miles per hour and hit the guy and, and knocked them over. It was kind of, you. they both just went up. And he missed it. My guy, I don't even think so much <clears throat> that in in my view, he didn't, I don't think he really just like hit the guy like with his hand. I think that he just kind of whiffed it. It was sloppy and he shouldn't have done it. Um, and it's still probably a penalty by the book of the law. Um, like if <laughs> we're, you know, reading it. Um, but it could have been soft. I don't even think the El Paso guy like, expected it like he like he was like when he goes the, co- down, the coach did, i mean the coach was like screaming bloody murder yeah. when it happened but yeah. you'd expect that yeah so you know but yeah I, I mean it's but we end up you know silva makes a good save and then clears out one of our own players in the process that's right yeah well and the other thing too is is he didn't actually not that it matters but he didn't impede the play of the game like the player sort of headed it where he wanted to headed it and then silva sort of followed through afterwards and like got him and typically when that happens you see the player well no i take that back i was gonna say i'm thinking of like players rushing in trying to get a shot they knock the ball away and the keeper cleans them out player didn't have a chance i I don't know yeah jf says the head roll the head roll um you know if you make contact with someone's head it's 
a penalty. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's that straightforward, but but yeah, like it's the same thing you see with like when two players are uh, you know fighting after the the whistle and one like barely touches the other head yeah. down. It's like, well, he touched his head, therefore it's a yellow. It's like, yeah, yeah. but like yeah. in this situation, he's going for the ball. He's trying to hit the ball with his hand. It's above the guy's head. So this is where I don't agree with being pen because he's his hand is above his head. And then when it hits the or when the guy heads it out, his hand comes down, barely touches his head, and then he like pulls it away. It wasn't like he felt followed through with like a punch or through his face or something like that. It's literally like he tapped him on the head and pulled his hand back up and suddenly it's a PK. It's like, no, it's it's not. Like it, it, I I feel like any other time that would have been fine for most like professional games it's just like it there was nothing there in watching the replay it's literally like one frame you can see his hand is close to his head and the next frame it's it's up like it's can't have it couldn't have been that bad (laughs) but yeah well so so i mean houndsy talked about this this past week you know the whole keeper rotation and is anybody going to claim a spot I mean, Silva gets a clean sheet on the top scoring team in the league who had their chances. Do you guys feel that Silva does enough here to get a start against Tampa? Or do you think that Lily's going to keep rolling with the rotation? And, you know, we see Vosvik or White. I mean, I I think you ride the high that Silva's on. Because even, I, I think he makes some good saves throughout the game none that were like spectacular but solid saves against a good team you know positioning was fine um sloppy for giving away the pen makes up for it for the save ends up being you know emotionally very high and happy about by the end of the game feeling like you kind of just saved your, your team three points and so yeah, I mean, why not? And you know, confidence is riding high. I'd, I'd keep, I'd keep running him. I, I don't, I don't think, you know, it's. I don't know. I, I, I think there's still room for improvement, and I think the other keepers are good. But yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd play him again. Josh, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like it, you kept a team who has the most goals in the league at, at zero. So like, how do you? not give him another chance and and had stuff to do like you didn't just oh, sit yeah. on your hands all game it was it wasn't like last week where i was like wow he looks really good and you realize there were zero shots but yeah i feel like with that situation like you keep on going with him i i don't unless he's hurt or something like that yeah, yeah. why would you switch that out i think uh, sometimes too it's it's it all thing all 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 else even Sometimes I think it's good for to, to just kind of go with a keeper that is going to be like hyper aggressive and kind of go for everything. Um, you know, it, it, it makes the mind up for the defenders knowing that you'll have a keeper come out and kind of help you in those situations. And um, so, you know, I, that, that could be something nice as well. But One other thing that um, I didn't mention off the top, um, Dos Santos gets on the player of the, he wasn't player of the week, team of the week last week for USL championship. This week had a little bit of difficulty with Cheetah. 
Um, got a yellow card and then was playing really sort of rough towards the end. Lily had to sort of take him out, sub him out, give him a breather. But uh, again, I mean, I think uh, Cheetah was a side that, you know, I, I, again, Hounsey sort of talked about a little bit last week too. You always sort of feel like he's going to get one at high mark. And so to keep him off the board, I think is another huge thing. And here you have, again, a rookie going up a veteran, going up against a veteran and held him at bay. I mean, you know, it had to take some shots to do it, but you know, he did all right. So still like Dos Santos. I still think he's one of the first names on the team sheet now moving forward. Um, but I, still, uh, I mean, it has, I'm going to eat my words here, but like in the past has Francois, AKA Cheetah actually like really hurt us when he's yes. come back. Oh, yeah, he scored against <laughs> us, I think. Eat those words, Kev. Yeah. Has it been twice now he scored yeah. against us? Uh, when he played he played for Miami last year. And yeah. I think he scored on us in both games we played against them in Miami. Or or yeah. against Miami, he scored both games, yeah. And then yeah. who did he play for after that? Was it was one of the Canadian teams from like that or I can't remember where he was before that. Can't remember. No, he was. Yeah, he's one bounced of the around. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so he's he scored against us before. <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, so it's always a pain. His shorts always drive me crazy because he like tucks them up his butt cheeks. But whatever. <laughs> we were making jokes that uh, it looked like. So if I don't know if you noticed, but Evan, their keeper, uh, was not able to kick the ball ever. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he always went short with the ball, and so we all said that uh, Cheeto was uh, stealing his leg days. Like, quit, quit making Cheetah do your leg day, Seven. <laughs> nice. Get in his head. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting tactically, and, and sometimes you sort of look at these things and you can't really see anything, and then there's other times you're like, huh, that's interesting. So if you go to the USL Championship site, you can look at sort of all the, the stats and the positions during the game and things like that, and it'll always show you the starting position, but then it shows you the average position of the team. And what I thought was really interesting was that when you actually look at the average position of our starting 11, it was more of a 4-2-4 where you had Griffin and Forbes as sort of these holding midfielders in the middle of the field. And what made it interesting was that if you look at El Paso's average position, they were playing more of a 4-3-3 so with three guys like stacked in the midfield. So what was interesting was if that was a trend that Lily had seen, he effectively figured out a way to say, I'm going to put Danny and Kenny against three guys, like 2v3, and free up one of our guys on defense to double up on whoever's making runs and try to cut down on their chances. And it seemed to work. Um, I mean, if you go back and sort of look at things, it was just interesting that that you would think that El Paso would have dominated the midfield and it did not feel that way. And I don't know if that's just a testament to having Kenny and Danny Griffin as like your two midfielders and they, they're just good enough to, to outwork the three guys that El Paso had in the middle. But tactically, um, you know, it isn't always as obvious something jumping off the page like that. But I saw that and went, huh, that's interesting. So that might be something to, to look at moving forward. When you start to see, especially after all the success that Danny had further up the field against Birmingham, to see him play back in a holding mid again this this week, I was like, huh, like that's interesting. You'd think he might stay with that. But 
there, I mean, as always, there was a method to Lily's madness. So, um, interesting. Just, you know, that I, I'm, I'm finding more and more that there are a lot of actually really good resources on the USL's website to like give you a picture of what's going on. Oh, as I like kick my camera. Sorry about that. Um, both at a team level, game level, player level. There's a lot of good stuff over there. So you should definitely go check that out. Um, guys, other, other takeaways. What else were you thinking about this one? Any other thoughts? I mean, when was last time. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> I was going to say, when, when was the last time Kelly has scored? I think we uh, we started the season where he was like, he's going to score every game and he's a machine. And like, and he still is. I, I, I still really like Dan Kelly. I think he, he, he doesn't, I think I probably had a simplistic outlook on him early in the season thinking that he like, no, I'm going to backpedal. I, I never really thought this. I'm just saying like, <laughs> it could have been, it could have been the outlook that like all he is is goals and he's right in the middle and he'll just score and that's it but i mean he does contribute i mean he he gets assists as well um you know he works off the ball and links up pretty well with cicerone and dixon and and the like so um he he's not just yeah he's not just goals and he contributes to, to other aspects in the game that being said um you know he missed a game through a red card but you know yeah i don't, I don't think he's scoring for the past well you know and to be fair, as I was just sort of looking through the stats earlier today, I think he's tied for first in the league with goals on six. So he has six goals in 10 games. So it doesn't feel like he scored in a while. Still but he's, great aver- numbers, but yeah. he's averaging yeah. more than a goal every other game, which is like yeah. insane. Yeah. So I get exactly what you're saying, but it, it is. He's, I agree. I think when he came in, I was thinking he'd be more like a Nico Brett where it's just like, you just give him the ball and he just goes and like, that's it. It's just goal. And he's, he's contributed in so many other ways that his holdup play is really good. He gets Cicerone and Dixon involved. He gets Kenny involved. He gets Deco involved when they're all up there together, that it just, he makes the whole offense better. It's not just putting goals in the net. And the more goals he gets, the more likely that the other team's going to try to shut him down, which is just going to open up our other attackers. So it's like he he either isn't scoring because he's getting, you know, dogpiled on and that just opens up everyone else. So cool. Or they're not protecting him and he's scoring goals. So either way works for me. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I Josh, I had a question for you, and this is like related to the game, but not really related to the game. So when we scored, the camera cut to the Steel Army, and I could see Liz standing there. Was Liz on smoke duty this week? Yeah, she usually yeah. is on yeah, on yeah. the left hand smoke. Like if you're actually in the stand, she's on the left smoke. Either me or one of the other board members on the right hand side doing smoke, and then we have someone in the middle lately doing smoke as well. Another board member. Uh, so just to keep it, you know, more. So we score. And everybody's like losing their mind. And I just see Liz sitting there just intently focusing on getting the smoke going. And it just made me think, when we score, are you guys actually able to enjoy it? Or are you like, oh, crap. And like, you're like, now now you're working. Like, it's like job time. And Yes, but only for a brief moment. It's very much like, is it a goal? Is it a real goal? Am I going to pop smoke and they're going to be offside? Like, you know, you kind of want to do that, like, double check because... <laughs> Premature smoke happens all the time, and then you feel silly because you just have like one thing of smoke going while everyone else is looking at you like that wasn't a goal. But like, well, I know that now. <laughs> <Idiot>. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so like if you have to make sure it's a goal. All right, it's good. And then pop the smoke. And then and then usually the yes chant starts where everyone starts just like yelling yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and then you can enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, good. I, I just there was a moment where I was like, oh, like everyone else is having a good time and you guys are working. Like you're like the security guards that like can't look at the game. You have to just look at the stands. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a that's a bit of a bummer. So. <laughs> Let's just put in the chat. I am intently making sure children and drunks don't put their hands in the smoke. That's also <laughs> a big thing. Kids see the smoke go off. They're like, oh, that's cool. Let me look at the smoke. Touch the smoke. It's like, no, don't touch the smoke. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. What you is it? Behind the scenes stuff. What does it mean to pop the smoke? Is it like, do you just open up a can of like, you know, beer or soda? Like, how, what is it? Like, do you like, pull a string and it goes it's, off it's literally like, like a grenade it, it has a pull string and like a little a hoop that you put your finger in the hoop and then you pull mm -hmm. uh, don't pull up pull out <laughs> and then it starts to spark a little bit and smoke starts coming out and then you put it down the tube uh, we have like tubes in the front where it goes into a bucket of sand so oh, nice throw it down the tube so that way it kind of plumes up and doesn't like just set on the ground because if you just threw it on the in the bucket it would just be all over the ground and that's it looks unimpressive <laughs> so you have to put it in the tube so it shoots how out. many how many uh tubes of smoke do you guys bring to each game uh i think we have this year we end up with 25 or 25 second smoke we went down we used to do like 90 second smoke and that just is too much smoke at that point like you're just like yeah, yeah, yeah. waiting and waiting and waiting for it to stop going off so we we kind of cut it down to like 25 second smoke and we have i think over like 170 or something like that just you know in the the wings waiting so we can and we usually set off now like three at once uh for every goal so yeah It'll add up, but uh, now, now I'm like fascinated. Like, where do you go to buy stadium smoke? Like, is there like a is this like a paintball. dark web kind of thing? Or? No, no, it's it's a paintball. Like, if you can go to any oh, really? like, paintball, uh, yeah, any place that sells paintball equipment, they have smoke. Uh, we actually have to do special order ours though because we do the short smoke, and they're so used to doing like the 90 second smoke or like 60 second smoke. They're like, you want how long? It's like, yeah, they make it. Here's the website. Like, it's the same company you get your smoke from. They're like, oh, okay, we'll special order it. So yeah. Last time we picked up smoke, it was hilarious because like he was like, "Well, we're actually out on the field right now. Well, could you just meet us in this in this parking lot?" So it it felt like a back alley <laughs> deal because like sitting there, I'm like, "All right, we're parked." He's like, "What are you driving? A yellow <laughs> fit?" Okay, <laughs> and like a truck pulls up beside us. He's like, "You guys here for the smoke?" <laughs> <laughs> and he had a card reader, so it's like literally like put my credit card in the machine. <laughs> like, thanks, guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, there you go, Kev. You should pass that on to the people in Knoxville so they know how yeah. to get smoke for uh, yeah. all their games. Got it. Um, there was a couple other things that that you know sort of related to the game, but like sort of not. One of the things that was driving me nuts in this game was our set pieces. And Kev, I know you watch more European football than I do, but um, there were a couple of times in this game where we got a free kick in el paso's end like in their half and instead of like taking a shot we do like a short pass and then we play the ball backwards and i'm like why like why why not take a shot at the, like is there some logic to, i get like keeping possession but when everybody on your team is further up 
Like, take it, put the ball in the box. Like, what do you have to lose at that point? Why are we dinking? We did it on one of our, I think it was our first corner, too. We did, like, a short corner, and it, it did nothing. And I'm like, what, what are we doing? I keep muting myself, sorry, because they're, like, doing birds work outside my, yeah. Oh, no, I thought or, I heard uh, birds I earlier. That. Well, that's that. But, no, I mean, look, every, I think people have different reasons to do whatever. I, I, I agree with you. I think especially when we have some of the players that are have proven themselves, especially earlier on in the season that are pretty decent in the air, Kelly included, um, you know, or, Ordonez and, and the like. Um, yeah, it's just, you're going to have different outlooks for different teams. You know, maybe they, they didn't think they had, they had an advantage against El Paso, but no, yeah, I don't, I can't, give you any more insight to that i think there's there there has been like studies that show statistically it's the the logical move is to just yeah like don't cross it and just keep possession and keep possession in their half and like keep playing that way but then there's also other arguments that say even when you don't score off of like corners or free kicks if you like get kind of close or even just the anticipation of it like tends to affect the crowd in a positive way and get into like you know and and kind of creates a more positive atmosphere amongst the players and the fans and that's beneficial so people people kind of argue on both sides and uh so yeah I remember we had a conversation about this a while ago about short corners and how short corners are actually like this was like three or four years ago now. It's like, oh, yeah, short corners are actually statistically more or like on average the same or a little bit better than a full on crossing it. But uh, kind of interesting idea. Like I could definitely see the team thinking it's better to obtain or keep possession after like for a corner if we're already winning. It's like, yeah, do a corner like do just keep that possession and keep on dribbling the ball around. Uh, to waste more time on the clock. I could totally see that being, you know, logical because when you just throw it in the box and then the keeper just, you know, catches it or something, it's like, okay, well, now we don't have possession and we have to get it back, so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like if you look at the total percentage of times that it ends up as a goal, the total percentage of times it ends up like as a goal kick, and then the total percentage of times where you end up seeding possession in one way or another because you can't, you know, beat the first, you know, beat the first man on the, on the, on the cross or whatever. Um, I think that's the logic behind it versus if you look at the percentage of time that like, if you consider a continuous stretch of possession in the opposition third as like one unit of like, you know, measure, you know, the percentage of times that you have continuous possession in the opposition third percentage of times that leads to a goal compared to likelihood of scoring from, you know, so I, I, it's, I think that's how some people calculate it, but yeah. We have a chance uh, that says every corner is a goal. So, I mean, obviously, that's my citation. Uh, that's, uh... <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the point, right? I mean, the fact that you guys, oh, crap, it's a corner. Right, here we go. Like, that's, yeah. that doesn't count for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. or that, yeah, that doesn't count for nothing. Yeah. If you're, a, if you're a stats geek, we got more stats for you if you're not. Apologies. And if you're here watching, even better. So I, I tried to sit down and try to think about, um, is there any correlation between 
the shots that we've been taking, the shots that we put on target and the actual goals. Because I think, you know, earlier this season, we were like, ah, we're going to be getting like four or five goals a game. And there were a couple games that were like that, but it definitely feels like there's an overall drop off. Um, doesn't seem to be a huge correlation. I do think that it's interesting that, you know, out of all the shots we take, roughly a third, it looks like on average, are probably on target, which is pretty decent. Even more than that, maybe two thirds are inside the box. So we're not taking a lot of like crazy long distance shots this season. It seems like we're, we're much more controlled. We're much more in the box. Ironically, when we don't score, we lose because the only games that we didn't score, we lost. So like, Shocked. let's score. Yeah, good. All right. Um, so let's score and, uh, and keep things interesting. But um, to take this sort of a step further, I know that there's been, at least myself, I've, I've been feeling the sentiment that our average goals per game has been going down, even though we sort of had that barn burner in Atlanta. And if you look at the trend line, it is decreasing. You know, we started off the season with three goals in Memphis. Um, and, you know, we had the games in, in Tulsa and Atlanta where we sort of peaked at four. But overall, the trend line is definitely pointing downward towards, you know, a goal a game. And obviously, it's a small sample size. It's 10 games. But something to keep in mind, we're, we're clearly generating chances. But we are back to the Lily special, at least for – you know, three of the last 10 games, um, they were, they were one goal games. So I don't know. I feel, you guys... I feel like you saw USL tactics come out, John come out with that giant, you know, booklet <laughs> of all the, the breaking down of every single team. And you're like, I want to do some of this graph stuff. No, I want to figure some of this out. And you literally made graphs for the episode. That's impressive. So here's the deal. Look, <laughs> I literally, I was like, I wonder if like, we we generated what was it 18 chances this game 18 shots i believe it was um i'm sort of like bouncing here to the notes yeah we had eight no we had 16 shots six on target 13 shots in the box this week last week we had 18 shots and then in louisville we only had six so i just sort of seeing that i was like this is interesting so i put it all in our notes then i was like well this is dumb i don't know what this means so then i put it into a sheet but now at least i have it in a google sheet so every game i can just update it and we can just sort of see over time how it looks in no way do i want to be john i had a conversation with john and he's like i'm like burnout because of all the work i'm like yeah dude i get it you're writing (laughs) 70 page booklets and giving them away for free i know what you mean um no total respect to him and what he's doing but so mike throw up the first graphic again the with the shots on target yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and remember, so this, guess, most most people listen to this as a podcast. So yeah, describe what you're <laughs> So, well, I'm I'm for here. I mean, my a quick kind of just snap judgment assessment for what I might be looking for. So, yeah, once again, the graphic is showing uh, the number of shots, shots on target, shots inside the box, and goals for the rounds for each game they've played this season. Um, the what what you like kind of might expect is once you establish this kind of relationship between like the proportion of shots and shots on target and shots on the box with goals, you would kind of expect that to all kind of rise and fall game by game and keep like the same like percentage margin across the games. Like we would expect, okay, we score approximately or like, you know, 30, 30% of the shots that we have are on target and of the shots on target, approximately like, you know, 
20% go in. And once that kind of gets established, that kind of repeats itself. So here I'm, I'm just for fun looking at games where that might have deviated a bit, suggesting that, I don't know, maybe we were like more clinical. So like looking from say the game, but from like going from Loudon to Tulsa, you know, shots, shots on target, shots inside the box, all decreased from Loudon to Tulsa. Wait now, okay, sorry. Laura Ellen's comments. Is, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to look and make, turn me off. This, and, I, if, if we're gonna do these kind of stats, we need you guys both in here so you I can know, debate right? them. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But so so the, from Loudon to Tulsa. Shots, shots on target, and shots inside the box all decrease from Loudon to Tulsa, but uh, we get we we score more goals against Tulsa um, yeah. compared to Loudon based off of what you might expect on the number of shots that we have. So that that might suggest that we were just more clinical against Tulsa or something, you know, or maybe Tulsa just has a bad keeper or something, and when we can <laughs> we 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 score more. And there's a similar effect. I mean, it's it's slight, but with Birmingham and El Paso. So we both score. I mean, we score a goal across each game, but against El Paso, we actually have less shots and less shots on target, et cetera. Um, so, you know, maybe we are a bit more clinical against El Paso, too. So it, it is interesting. I think it's a pretty cool, you know, it kind of suggests some things from from game to game. And uh, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. And then what can you throw up the second graphic again? Yep. For here, I mean, I think this probably illustrates more of like the okay. So once again, second graphic, it's uh, it's just a trend line of like goals per game across the entire season so far. So earlier in the season, you know, we were playing Memphis, Hartford, Detroit, uh, Loud, and Tulsa. We scored a lot more goals. Later in the season, Louisville, Birmingham, El Paso, we scored less. I think this probably just illustrates the like degree of difficulty in the games. I'd probably kind of chalk this up to. Earlier in the season, you know, we were playing teams that we might now consider to be, you know, I wasn't going to say bad, but bad. Finishing lower in the table and, and, you know, Louisville, Birmingham and El Paso, I think we all kind of agree that are, are, are pretty, you know, quality teams. Um, so that, that might be a kind of scenario there where I think it's based off of like tables like this and, and graphics like this, it's a little more hard to kind of distinguish are we not just scoring enough and are we not playing as well or are we just playing better teams um so but it's you know it, it illustrates a good story and i'm guessing mike you, you'll put those in our twitter uh yeah I can after this that. episode so that way people can you know follow along if you're listening to the podcast and check our twitter yeah yeah, yeah i feel bad laura allen's like going nuts in the chat so <laughs> Maybe next week, Laura Ellen, if you're available, we'll get you on here and we'll we'll, we'll discuss those charts further. Um, but no, that's that's basically what I was trying to get at was just is there something in the data that jumps out? Like why why did we go from thinking we were going to score constantly to we're getting some chances, but we're only putting away a goal? Is there anything there? And so I think it'll just be interesting to see it play out. There was a conversation post match about how back when the Lily Special was a big thing, we had the pizza every week. And uh, I think it was Polanski and Mike at one check talking about. I I think that the, the Lily special, wasn't it half plain, half pepperoni? Originally, then, it was half plain, half pepperoni. Yeah. Yeah. And then at one point, Polanski was right. We introduced jalapenos, but I can't remember. Was that the two nothing Lily special? 
or was that? I can't remember. It's, it's I can't remember. It's, when we brought it's that been a while. Spicy. I don't remember. It was spicy. Yeah. yeah, maybe the game was just really spicy, and the, yeah. the goal mm-hmm. was a nice goal. <laughs> yeah. So I'll start. We'll start bringing back. Well, depending upon what we predict for the game against Tampa, uh, I can bring back photos of the Lily special. I can't remember if I told you guys, but for was it birthday? My wife got me a uni pizza oven. Oh, that's so right. <laughs> yeah. So now like it's it's Gotta a little it. bit of, it's a little bit of a hassle to like set it up and get it going. And the first time we had it, I was like, I don't think it'll be much better. And then I had it, I was like, damn it, that's good. So like it's <laughs> it's, it's totally worth it. So yeah, I can take some we'll have to figure out what what if if we say let's set it right now. What's the one nothing lily special? What what's our toppings here? I feel like if it's a disappointment, it's a pepperoni and cheese, a uh, half pepperoni, okay. half cheese. But if it's okay. if it's a good game, uh, you, you, you spice it up and you do the jalapenos instead of the, the jalapenos. I think it sounds good to me. So okay. against Tampa, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll this doesn't need to be a long answer. Very quickly, pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Yeah, I've on. I've never had it. Like so, I I. It's like we. At one point, I had a pierogi pizza. I was like, how does that work? But it's literally just Cause like... Because you're, you're a Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, I know, but it's literally like mashed up like potato pierogies on top of a pizza. I mean, who like, hasn't had pierogies on pizza? <laughs> let's be honest here. Come on now. It was fine. So maybe I just need to make a, a pineapple pizza at some point. I don't, yeah. Are pineapples in season right now? I don't think. They come from Hawaii, so it's I like always they're supermarkets. Yeah. We live in the future. <laughs> what are you talking about? Our pineapples Liz is, Liz is right saying now. pineapple, mushroom, and red onion. I do love me a mushroom and red onion. Like, oh, that's that's our go to really, pizza. Really that's that's yeah. why she's talking about that. That's like, you know, hey, want to order pizza? Sure. Regular, regular. And that's what we get. Pineapple, nice. mushroom, and red onion. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I like that. That's a good shout. Um, guys, any other, any other points from this game or anything else you guys want to talk about here before we look at the table? Because we're 10 oh games Oh, my God. In. It's table time. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm excited for the table. Let's look at the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. So I got the full table, but really, let's just the playoff. The the, the teams in the playoff uh, section are the most interesting. So for those who haven't been looking at the table, wink, wink, nod, nod. Hounds are currently sitting in second, um, but we do have a game in hand on Louisville. Louisville are two points ahead of us. So in theory, you know, if we if we win the game that we have in hand, we can pass them. But we're also only like a third of the way through the season, so let's not get too crazy about this i think what's interesting is when i was looking at the standings last week i mean uh not looking at the standings last week uh tampa and miami were flipped and tampa got themselves a big win against phoenix this past weekend and they leapfrogged them so our next three games are against teams that are currently in playoff contention in the eastern conference we go tampa miami and then detroit which Detroit are only two points back on us, and we've played the same number of games. For, so for those of you who thought that Detroit was a joke earlier this season, they might fade, but they're doing what they need to earlier this season. So, guys, any sort of hot takes or, or, or things that surprised you um, from the, the playoff table as it stands 10 games in? I mean, honestly, Detroit surprised me a lot. I thought Detroit was going to be trashed this season. I, I really did think that they were going to have a rough go just because, you know, going up a league, everything's a little bit different, a lot to get used to. And they didn't bring in a whole bunch of players at first. They actually have been adding to the roster throughout the whole season. Mm-hmm. If, I feel like they're still announcing signings like once a week for yeah. some reason, even though we're 10 games into it. Um, 
but yeah, so I'm I'm surprised Detroit has been able to hang as much as they have been able to. And now, if you do look at like who's producing in that team, are, it is players they brought in who are not from Nisa. So it, it's you know they like to call themselves the Nisa All Stars. The stars of the team aren't really Nisa players. Um, yeah. So it, it's kind of understandable, um, but it is still surprising. I do wonder, and Liz actually uh, had this shout when we were talking about uh, Detroit the other day. They're used to a shorter season. Like they're not used to this many games. So what are they going to look like? You know, once they're, you know, more than halfway through the season and there's still more games to be played. Um, are they going to be able to stay up? So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and you know, to be fair, we played Memphis first game of the season and I think we all thought Memphis was going to be trash They're They have a game in hand on us and they're three points back. So like they win that game, they're tied with us on points for the same number of games. Kev, anything here that jump out at you? Uh, Tampa and Miami. Uh, Tampa. Wow. Tampa and Miami. <laughs> I like Tampa. That makes yeah, sense. Right, uh, yeah. Might as well. T- uh, Tampa and Miami. I mean, yeah. Well, so, you know, Tampa, four wins, three losses, four draws. And Miami, four wins, four losses, two draws. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, my, less so Miami, but, you know, I wouldn't have expected uh, that kind of balance between wins and losses for, for both those teams. Um, so I guess, uh, particularly of late, they, they've haven't been able to, yeah, I guess produce the way I expected to, but I mean, yeah, I'll be fascinated to see what kind of outfit they look like when we play them soon. Um, and I, I, you know, I haven't been following them. I haven't been watching their highlights. I don't know if this is just, they're getting bad breaks or, um, or what, but I mean, you know, Tampa, Tampa has a goal difference of seven, which is only one different from Detroit. Um, Miami, on the other hand, has a goal difference of zero. So um, we'll see. Yeah. And Indy isn't a total dumpster fire like we all thought they would be, <laughs> which, again, it's early. But <laughs> I, I also do think it's kind of interesting that Louisville's doing as good as they are doing. Um, yeah. I know that, you know, losing uh, some key players and just like we kind of thought maybe this was going to be the year that they, you know, weren't as good as they have been in the past. It is interesting that they've now lost one game, uh, which, oh man, I don't know if you saw the game they lost, but playing against LA Galaxy 2, they lost, (laughs) and the the score line was four to three. Crazy game. It's just a crazy game. And like, you know, thank you, LA Galaxy 2, for uh, giving them their first loss and making them within reach for us to, you know, hopefully be able to get that game in hand and uh, jump them in the standings. Agreed. So as we mentioned, well, first of all, you know, let us know what you guys think. If there's anything that jumps out at you from the table that you find to be interesting now that we're all technically allowed to look at it, um, you know, take a look. Let us know what you think, because um, I think there's a lot we can learn. But also, it's only 10 games in. Like, don't get too crazy about it. Um, but as we mentioned, next we hit the road. We face Tampa this weekend. Tampa, as I mentioned, just rolled Phoenix five to one after they had back-to-back losses to Memphis and San Diego. So on the bounce to play Phoenix in what was supposed to be what the, the championship game was it last year or two years ago that got canceled because of COVID. Um, yeah. Two, Tampa, two years ago. Yeah. Two years Tampa ago. wins five to one. And that was after they went down one, nothing. And then they scored five unanswered goals. Two of them were own goals and they got Phoenix to take a red as well. So, um, if you haven't watched those highlights, go check those out. Those were those were definitely interesting to check out. Um, Tampa are only two, three, and one at home, so this is not like they're unbeatable. 
Um, we could definitely go in and make some noise. Jake LaCava, which is a name that, you know, we should be familiar with after the past few years. He leads the team with five goals, but Guinzotti leads the team in shots with 20. So I think every time you turn on, or every time the, the announcer said something on those highlights, he was talking about Guinzotti, which is funny to me that Guinzotti has 20 shots, but only one goal, but whatever. Um, so, yeah. But Tampa's going to think. What do you guys think of their name, the Rowdies? I mean, it's classic. I mean, I, I can't really say anything bad about the Rowdies as far as like their history. They're one of the more his, historic teams uh, as far as like their they were in what was it uh, NESL back in the day. Like they just they're long standing team. So yeah. they've been around. Like no complaints. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I, I mean, part of me digs their whole brand. Like I, I don't know, like the mascot just being like a dude with a mustache. I'm like, okay. Like, and I, I get, I get there's a history there and why that's the case. But even like, I know some people hate it, but like, if you go back and watch those highlights, like the neon green kits that they wore, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like I, I dig that. Um, so yeah, as a, as an organization, as a brand, I rank Tampa up there with Louisville and us, honestly, like, I think, I think it's pretty solid. But Kev, the fact that you brought it up makes me think you feel otherwise. Well, I just, because I know it's funny enough, I've listened to podcasts that cover like European soccer by, you know, Europeans. And I remember in one episode in particular, they were, they were like talking about the most like crazy, ridiculous soccer names in the world. And they're like, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Like, they're like, what's a rowdy? Like, what is this? And blah, blah, blah. So. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought of. When, uh, I mean, there are teams named City, like yeah, United, right. like they, they, you know, I'll take Rowdy Real. Like, I, I will say one thing that's always kind of bothered me about the Rowdies is the fact that they don't really have a logo, like a crest. Yeah. It's literally just their it's name. A mark. I was yeah. like, what? It's that's so you know out there. Like, it's weird that they've kept it for so long. I'm surprised they haven't tried to like turn it into a crest of some sort. But it, yeah, it's literally just a word mark, and it's it almost makes me think of like more of like a baseball team or something like that, like not because of where they play uh, next baseball stadium, but it it still has that look to it. Like it reminds me of baseball more than it does soccer. Yeah, I, agree. I was literally going to say the same thing. Like it makes me think baseball. So yeah, I, I, I did I didn't know this, um, but yeah, I guess Forrest Lasso no longer plays for, with uh, Tampa and now plays for wait for it. Gif Sundesval in the Orvskinskan <laughs> in the Swedish, Swedish, whatever league. Yeah. Nice. But you know who does play for Tampa? Steven Dos Santos. So yeah. you got to imagine there's going to be at least one or two dives in this game that we're all going <laughs> to <Yeah. laughs> Diving so Dos brace Santos. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we may get to see Dos Santos versus Dos Santos. So that could be fun. The new yeah. versus the old. Um, but, you know, hopefully we keep their Dos Santos just relatively quiet and we have our way. So, um, guys, but in all honesty, like earlier this season, we were like, for nothing. Like, we're going to play Tampa at Ao Lang. Realistically, <laughs> as, as Bill Gordon says, go dive in the river. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I realistically what do you what do you guys think is going to happen this game josh give us give us a prediction give us a score prediction yeah i mean like we were talking about a little bit ago uh tampa is not the tampa of old as far as you know the contenders and feeling like they're gonna be the worst not the worst but like the 
the worst team you could possibly face up against, uh, like up there with Louie, that kind of stuff. I feel like this is a winnable game, or at least a, I would like to get a draw out of this. I don't think we should be going in expecting to to lose. We'll never go in expecting to lose, but at the same time, I don't think we should think this is a you know insurmountable team. Uh, three points is very possible. Uh, I do think it's going to be low scoring, though. I, I don't see this being a, a huge, huge scoring game on either side. So I three one zeros in a row. I don't know. It yeah, seems good. good, but I feel like if I was going to guess a one zero, it would have been this game. But yeah, one zero. Kev, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, two of their wins so far. You know, two of their four wins come in games where their opponent has a red card. Um, and Ooh, yeah, that's like making it personal, like taking know, shots. Right? All right, go ahead. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, they're not the Tampa of old, but I mean, it's a big win against Phoenix. Um, so no, yeah, I, I, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't going to be a, a pushover game. Uh, one nil, sure. Why not? Feels feels about right. And at this point, I think it's just win at all costs and and try to keep momentum going. Because um, I don't think we're playing particularly poorly. I mean, you know, against El Paso, yeah. I mean, I I, I didn't mention this. I don't think we, you know Dixon hits the hits the post. You know, we 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 create chances. It could have been more than one. Um, so I think that's still the encouraging thing. But uh, but no, we're we're due we're due some more goals to kind of revert to the mean here, hopefully and. Uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, we're a better team than Tampa. You didn't give us a score prediction. I feel like you danced around that just to like get out of it. Give us a score no. prediction. Yeah, I, I like I like Liz's uh, prediction in the comments. Two 0 Two 0 Okay, so Kevin Lizbo say two 0 Um, I think what's interesting is I I like Josh, Josh's one nothing shout, and I feel like out of context, then that would feel like we were playing poorly. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think that considering the stretch of games that we're on, considering that, you know, we go from Birmingham to El Paso, the top scoring team. Now you go to Tampa, then you got Miami. Then we got the, there's a lot we're going to be looking at. So I think that if Lily can keep the guys focused and they can keep Tampa off the board, especially after Tampa just got five, I think that's going to be it. I think it's going to Al Lang, come away with at least a point, and see what you can take. So I wouldn't be surprised to see us sort of line up to try to hold down the fort. And then you try to let guys like Dixon or Cicerone or Kelly express themselves a little bit. I don't want to say put them on an island and, and make them create some magic, but I think you win that battle in the midfield right in front of the midfield. And then if it comes out nil-nil, you walk away like we got the point. If you're able to steal three points. Great. So I'm, I'm going to say one, nothing, even though, you know, I think Laura Ellen, you said earlier, you know, we should be expecting a brace every game. I would love to say a brace every game, but at this point, it feels like we're generating chances. We just need to work on our finishing. And um, yeah, Kev, you, you know, Dixon hit the post. I think Cicerone headed one over the net from the middle of the net on a diving header um Rovi had a bicycle kick that went straight to Evan Newton so like we're generating chances we just need to like you know tweak things up a little bit so so if it's one nothing Josh what are our pizza toppings this week this one is one yeah you just want pizza yeah yeah I mean honestly I think one nothing against Tampa is 
not especially away is something you should yeah. be proud of like this is yeah. not going to be like a, oh man we only scored one goal and we barely got the, the three points it's like no uh, even this tampa team you still you know happily take three points yep. out of uh the rowdies so yeah it's a, it's a good game so i i wanted to just say pineapples that way you actually have to have a pineapple pizza well so it. so here's the thing like <laughs> First of all, I want to try the pineapple for sure. But should we like make this a thing? Like, should there be a topping that is Pittsburgh? Like, and then wow. there's a topping like for the other team. Like, what topping would you get in Miami? <laughs> like, what is a my what what is a or what is a Tampa topping? Like, if you're in Tampa, what food are you thinking like I'm gonna eat in Tampa? I don't know. I have no clue. I, I don't plan on ever going to Tampa. Unless I yeah, have I mean, if it was Miami, <laughs> I'd be like, I'd really be looking for some Cubanos. So maybe it would be like some kind of pork or something. I don't know. I got nothing for you right now. I have no you clue said, about Tampa. Okay, so you're calling you're calling pineapples then. Okay, so yeah, maybe we'll seems... do half pineapple, half plain. That'll be the Lily special this week. And then like each week we can sort of switch it up. So now Susan's going to love me. I'm going to be like, we need to get pineapple. Just <laughs> look at you like, no, just no. No. No, I'm yeah. good. There we go. Bill Gordon. Bill Gordon says French fries for Pittsburgh and uh, and pork for Tampa. So there, go. there you go. So maybe we should. Gator. Maybe I'll do a pizza with half French fries yeah, on it too. <laughs> and Liz said Gator. Yeah. Yeah. Anything nice. in Florida is Gator. So um, that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Thank you, everybody who uh, who's been adding to the humor in the comments. We really appreciate it. If you guys want to come hang out, see the stats in real time. We're always on Facebook. Or we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Most of the comments are coming from YouTube. So go hang out on YouTube, check it out, and be part of the conversation. We really appreciate it, guys. Anything else before we uh, close this one out? Um, I mean, we're gonna have a couple games to talk about this, or a couple podcasts to talk about this, but a huge game coming up. The next home game is the Detroit game, June fourth. Uh, yep. We want to pack the stadium. We want to show up for that one because we know Detroit's gonna show up. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, make sure the Steel Army section, the Paul Child stand, is full. So if you are coming to a game, anytime you plan on coming to any game this season, this is the one to come to for sure. So I know you'll have eight more in the stands because my crew will be there and Laura Ellen and Justin and uh, nice and their daughter will be there as well. So we're going to have a we're definitely going to have a Mongols good time um, at that one. So sorry, Kev. Um, but uh, Josh, there FaceTime is time you in. It'll be yeah, fine. We're, <laughs> we're not doing that. We'll drop the camera down the spoke. Um, the game this weekend is 730 at Saturday. As we mentioned, it's Outlang Stadium. Um, I think. Uh, what Hounsey said that there's supposed to be a watch party at Bulldog. Josh yep, we're going to have a, a we're going to try it. That's another thing we're going to try. We're going to try to have a, a full turnout for Bulldog for that game just because it is, uh, you know, it's a big game. Yeah. And uh, we haven't really done anything proper at Bulldog in a while because of the weekday games and Open Cup stuff and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely come out to Bulldog Pub and uh, come join the, the fun. So get the Bulldog on Saturday. Games at 730. Get your tickets for Detroit. Uh, in two weeks if you haven't already well i guess technically three weeks three saturdays from now um man lots of hound stuff lots of good stuff yeah. so i guess anything else from you guys we good peachy keen peachy keen all right i guess french fries and pineapple look for the pictures uh <laughs> this week and actually i might have to make it on set my my oldest son's birthday is on friday and typically we do pizza on Friday, but he wanted something else for his birthday. So I will, I'll make it game day and uh, I'll let you guys know how French fries on pizza taste. He doesn't want a 
french fry and pineapple pizza for his birthday come on no nah. <laughs> who nah. doesn't want that <laughs> nah. Nah. all right well thank you everybody we appreciate it weekly reminder that black lives matter we are proudly part of the beautiful game network which is home to more than 100 volunteer writers and podcasters covering local soccer help us all keep doing what we're doing head to bgn.fm and click the donate button to help us cover our expenses and we appreciate all the support otherwise thanks everybody we will talk to you very very soon Cheers. Later.